0: Hi, I'm Micah Frankel. Welcome to Cage Minds MMA Show. First off, check out cageminds.com. We got a lot going on on the website, a lot going on across social media. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, it's Cage Minds Combat Sports News. Instagram, at cagemindscsn. On Twitter, it's at cagemindsmma. And also, I have my own. At Frankel Micah. Now you support us by going over to nmproshop.com and purchasing some apparel, t-shirts and tank tops currently available. And as the season changes, there will be some more fall and winter looks to purchase. Now when I say support us, gotta shout out to the guys that are also helping me. You got photographers like Rob Gutierrez, follow him. Robbie Ray images on Instagram did great work at Grapple Fest and at the boxing event this past weekend. Franklin Romero also been doing some great work on the road. You follow him at the Romero Show on Instagram. And a thank you to Austin Lewis who. This past weekend at Legacy Boxing Promotions, Back to Boxing, was videographer. We'll be having some highlights on social media from the event available this week as soon as those are done being edited. So a lot going on, a lot of people to thank. Help me and help us get supported again at nmproshop.com. Now that that's out of the way, we will also have a video going up recapping the Legacy Boxing Promotions Back to Boxing event, separate from the Cage Minds MMA show. Now let's get to the show, and we'll start off where we've done each week of the last six weeks, and that's with Dana White's contender series and more contracts being handed out. A trio this week doled out Slava Borchev a second-round knockout in 28 seconds. Believe me, that definitely earns a contract. A first-round knockout as a heavyweight for Martin Bidet taking out Lorenzo Hood. That earns a contract. And then controversy. Such controversy that the matchmakers leave the premises. Dana White also gives Jake Hadley a contract. Hadley beat Mitch Repose by submission in the second round a rear naked choke why does that sound controversial well it just tops off a weird weekend sports throwing that out there tom brady's okay to elbow a defensive lineman in the face mask diana Tarazzi is all right to push a referee and then dana white duels out a ufc contract to a fighter who missed weight I thought that was like an automatic disqualifier from contract possibility on the Contender Series. We can't even trust you to make weight, but hey, you'll get the benefit of the doubt first time we ever met you. Controversy all over the place. That was just Tuesday. Move on with a wild week in combat sports. One championship strike first, the all-kickboxing and Muay Thai event. It was only number two beating number one, but it feels like a cataclysmic upset. Superbon knocks out Giorgio Petrosian, the left high kicks, and eventually the knockout blow. Holy cannoli! What an upset! Not to mention the former Glory, former K1 champion Maruka Goring with an overhand right. Puts Andy Sauer down. sour, retiring from the sport following the loss. Former glory champion Siddichai Sitsang Pilung back in the win column getting a decision over Taifun. And Chingyaz stops Sami Sane with a body shot. Left hook to the liver. Man, oh so devastating and crushing. Saturday night, the UFC and Bellator both shared the same evening. We're going to start off by talking about the UFC. That one was available on ESPN Plus all the way through the night. Headlined by women's featherweight action, Norma Dumont against Aspen Ladd. Ladd taking the fight on short notice. She had missed weight two weeks ago, was medically unfit to compete, and now, jumping in, replacing an injured Holly Holm. Demont, a beautiful 1-2 for most of the night. Rounds 1, 2, 3. Not enough action, not enough activity out of Ladd, who was just allowing Dumont to dictate the pace. You saw a very animated Ladd corner Trying to inspire their fighter to do something. The end of the fourth round, you did see Ladd on top landing some devastating ground and pound. The fifth round, Ladd putting Dumont against the cage. Some nice elbows in close, did damage, had Dumont bleeding from her nose once we go to the judges the scorecard is unanimous one judge goes 3 to 2 the other two going 4 to 1 and i can see that all in favor of norma dumont who outlanded lad 113 86 in total strikes and 65 to 33 in significant strikes it's now a 3 fight win streak for the brazilian who said she'd like to fight Holly Holm, her original scheduled opponent. And that would be, and I think I can agree, a women's featherweight number one contender about Amanda Nunes wants to keep the division alive. And obviously, you have an opportunity for a credible challenger that she hasn't competed against. Heck, you could give them Dumont the fight right away, depending on how quickly... Nunez wants to go back up to 45, but also there was some speculation. How injured was Holly Holm with the knee injury that caused her to withdraw from this fight? I have it, not directly from Holly, but from a very good credible source that said it's some minor damage and Holly would still like to compete before the calendar changes to 2022. So maybe we can make that Dumont number one contender fight again Holm happen sooner than later. Heavyweights met in the co-main event. Andre Arlovski continues his winning ways. The resurgence is on, defeating Carlos Felipe by unanimous decision. Early on, you saw a light on his toes. Arlovsky getting in and out, scoring with his blitzes. There were some nice straight shots, not to mention the body kicks were also landing. You saw a Carlos Felipe early on, missing like a home run hitter, coming out of his shoes, unable to connect. But as the fight went on, you saw a more stagnant Arlovsky that Felipe was able to trap against the cage and rough up a bit. Go to the scorecards. It was 29-28. That made sense. Erloski has now won four of five. Feature fight, we saw Jim Miller, and my gosh... This guy gets it done. He finds a way. Early on, Eric Gonzalez gets the takedown. He's able to knock down Miller with a left hook, but Miller recovers. He even is stinging Gonzalez with left hands to end that first round. Second round catches Gonzalez while they're exchanging the left hand over the top of the guard. That's now a 23rd finish in his career Fifth by knockout in his thirty eighth UFC appearance. Jim Miller with the big victory. Also on the main card, women's flyway action. Manor Fjord defeats Buenos Souza. major volume, a relentless effort, a hundred strikes thrown through one round. Not a great accuracy, but the volume, the output, a great right cross, and a stinging sidekick that backed up Bueno Souza the whole night. 91, 43 in significant strikes. Fiore has now won eight in a row. It's time to respect her, making a hard charge to get in the rankings. One of the better performances on the main card. That was from Nate Landwehr defeating Ludwig Klein by submission, Darish choke. First ever career submission victory from Landwehr picked apart a little bit early had to find his game once he did towards the end of the first round it was big right hands knocking Klein off his target and then it's 104 to 33 in landed strikes. Landwehr broke down Klein. Klein tried to get in on a takedown and got trapped in that submission getting finished. On the prelims Andrew Sanchez was in control through two rounds, seven takedowns, putting a pace on Bruno Silva, but during the third round, after low blows, you saw the anger come out of Silva. He wanted to get that finish, and with a ferocity, came out punching 70-33 in significant strikes, and most of those from Silva's end came in that third round. It's an 18th career win by knockout, and a sixth in a row. That's a six-fight win streak, all knockouts, 2-0 in the UFC for the Brazilian. In welterweight action, in split-decision fashion, Danny Roberts defeats... Ramez Amiv, for my money, Amiv took the first round on the strength of his takedown. It was a very close second round where you saw Amiv with more volume lining some stinging shots in the clinch, but the more brutal blows seemed to be coming from Roberts until the Amiv elbow cut open Roberts. Cuts count as damage. That was a close one. The third round, Roberts was landing the better shots. Looked like he was starting to wear down Ameev. 29-28, 28-29. So we're going back, we're going forth. 30-27, Roberts. I could see Roberts winning. But 30-27 is a horrible scorecard. When Roberts got zero done in the first round. Danny Roberts, the first fight in a bit over two years. And he's back in the win column. Not to mention... In women's flyweight action, Luana Carolina defeats Lopita Gandinez. Gandinez' second fight in a week last Saturday in the UFC, back to back, looking for the quickest back to back wins, was unable to get it done, looked to get takedowns, was pressing a pace, but once Carolina started to stuff the takedowns, it was downhill for Gandinez in the second and third round. 86 to 45 in landed strikes. That's consecutive decision wins for Carolina. In bantamweight action, Donna makes short work of short notice opponent. Brandon Davis, the first round knockout. The overhand right, two minutes in, had Davis in trouble. More overhand rights, knees, left elbows. It was all downhill. A distinct. A dramatic finish, a third knockout in a row in the sixth of his career for Donna Bagetti. And the card opened up with women's strawweight action. Ariani Carasoli defeated Isleta Nunez. Five takedowns, got the back in the third, and gets the rear naked choke. That's back-to-back finishes and improves to 2-1 inside of the octagon. Now as I mentioned, there wasn't just UFC action, there was a Bellator also Saturday night. That was in Arizona, prelims on YouTube, the main card on Showtime, main event, Savadim Nevkov retain his title and advance to the light heavyweight Grand Prix Finals, defeating Julius Ingliscus, submitting him in the fourth round. By Kamora Ingliscus with the knockdown in the first round. The challenger had his opportunity, but the champion showed his medal, collected himself, got the takedowns, found that was the path of least resistance, and kept going to the takedown throughout the rounds. By the fourth round, went for the submission. Felt he had got Ingliscus, who, man, looked like just a gross meatball the way he was disformed and swelling after the third round, the finish came in the fourth, the champion looking stellar. But quite possibly the best performance of the night came in the co-main event as Corey Anderson makes short work of the Bellator heavyweight champion Ryan Bader a combination a right hand lands to the back of the ear knocks off Bader's equilibrium to the ground Anderson gets the stoppage with the TKO from ground strikes Anderson Nemcov light heavyweight Grand Prix finals million dollars is on the line the Grand Prix belt the world title it's all up for grabs It's a great night, and then to top it off, you get the side drama because we know we love the UFC versus Bellator angle, and you have Jan Blahovich with a social media interaction now and argument going on with Corey Anderson, more of a disagreement. Anderson and Blahovich are one and one. Anderson beat Blahovich. By unanimous decision, it was a 15 minute beating. It was a fight that literally made Blahovich question his career, go back to the lab, and turn into the beast that has became the heavyweight, the light heavyweight champion of the UFC. And that run to get the belt included knocking out Corey Anderson, avenging the loss with a quick, brutal thunderbolt. Now you can decide. Which one's more impressive? Putting the guy to sleep quick or the prolonged beating? That's what they're debating. It's fun to think if they're both champions, let's see that crossover fight. But business says that's never going to happen. But boy, with the two of them going back and forth, it makes me want it that much more. Now on the main card, you also saw another guy sign what I believe is his ticket to a title opportunity. It was all one-way action as Brett Premis outworks Benson Henderson. You hate to see smooth Benson Henderson fall behind, but Brett Premis answered a lot of questions. He took that step further, and to me, he obviously made the statement saying, I should be next to fight the winner of Patriky Frady, Peter Queely. We know there was a lot of political reasons behind that becoming the new title fight. The lightweight division will get a champion, the belt will be in circulation, and let's just hope Brett Premis is the number one contender. Because there are other also impressive names there in the lightweight division, like on the prelims, you look, Nick Brown made a statement, it took 98 seconds, he gets the heel hook submission of Bobby Lee. Not to mention Lance Gibson Jr. also in the lightweight division. He improves to five and zero. It's a first round, or it's a second round, excuse me. TKO of Raymond Pena. He got the takedown from back, mat trapping the arm and punching away. So that was a step up in competition. Also taking a step up in competition. Jalen Bates gets the armbar submission over Rafael Mutini. A first round finish there. Impressive stuff from Bates, a high-level wrestler who's transitioning over. Sumi Inabe gets the submission, had an arm choke over Randy Fields. And also, Mohamed Berkhmadov in the welterweight division. He gets the standing guillotine and is able to sit down on it. That where he's standing position, sitting down on top of Jaleel Willis for the first-round submission victory, not to mention Maria Henderson with the rear naked choke in 40 seconds. Open up the card. So the prelims in Arizona had a ton of finishes. Full results up at cageminds.com for Bellator 268 and for the UFC Fight Night from this past weekend. Time for the news. And a little bit of speculation. Allegedly, Conor McGregor, I know that the internet's favorite guy, was involved in a physical altercation with an Italian DJ. Conor McGregor allegedly involved in a physical altercation with an Italian DJ. I fail to believe that Conor McGregor and John Jones are the only two UFC fighters that live a party lifestyle but somehow they are the two that it's problematic they find themselves in the headlines and they find themselves in the courtrooms and because of their status in the sport it's obviously magnified that much more but again not a positive look for one of the ufc's biggest stars conor mcgregor a negative situation Let's move on to something fun, like fight announcements and a couple changes. Alan Amelov is out, and Hugh Yonzon will now face Andre Petroski at UFC 267 on October 30th. That one is a middleweight bout. Talking about middleweights and pay-per-views, Phil Hawes versus Chris Curtis has been rebooked for UFC 268 on November 6th. Miguel Baeza, Chaos Williams, that won a welterweight bout, has been added to the UFC Fight Night on November 13th. Also in welterweight action, Jake Matthews will be fighting Jeremiah Wells at the UFC Fight Night on December 4th. Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal, obviously that one's a welterweight bout. Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio, also welterweight. And Montana De La Rosa is out Macy Barber will now face Aaron Blanchfield. Those last three, all UFC 269, December 11th. Brandon Moreno, Davidson Figueiredo, flyweight title bout. Yeah, you knew about that one. That one was scheduled for UFC 269. It's been pushed back now a couple weeks to UFC 270 on January 22nd. That card also gaining in lightweight action, Matt Frivola. Versus General Valdez, the contender series winner, and Trevin Giles meets Michael Morales in welterweight action. Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo. A bat and weight bout has been added to UFC 271 on February 12th. The UFC has targeted Jesse Strader versus Chad Enhilener. A bat and weight bout for the UFC fight night on February 19th, Ignacio Baja Mondays versus Rongju, a lightweight bout, has been penciled in for the UFC fight night on February 26th. In Bellator action, jumping all the way back to a December announcement, Bellator 271, that one taking place in Hollywood, Florida, has gained in featherweight action. Justin Gonzalez, Aaron Pico, believe me, people, that one is gonna be a barn burner. And LFA 117, November 5th, has announced the main event. It's a bantamweight weight bout. That one's going to see Ricardo Dias against Michinori Tanaka. This week, it's a busy one again because tonight, of course, you have week eight of the contender series. Walter Waits in the main event. Solomon Renfro, 8-1 versus Johnny Parsons, 7-2. Renfro has consecutive first-round knockout victories in his back pocket. Well, Parsons comes in on a four-fight win streak. Five of those wins, or five wins overall by knockout. In women's strawweight action, Valencia Machado is going to be taking on Piero Rodriguez. Machado, a six-fight win streak. Four straight wins by knockout. Well, Rodriguez, LFA vet, has won 5 over 6 by knockout. In light heavyweight action, Kyle Barhalola takes on Jesse Murray. Barhalola in week 5 beat Aaron Jeffrey by decision. Dana wants a second look at him. Well, Murray comes in on a 3 fight win streak. Four of his wins come by submission. Also in light heavyweight action, it's Armin Protogen taking on Kalo Kalov. Protogen, all five of his wins by knockout. Kalov, eight first round finishes, seven knockouts, and one submission. If he hasn't finished you in the first round, it's went all the way to the decision. And the card opens up with a bantamweight bout: James Narles versus Pedro Falco. Narles has won five of six, three in a row. With 11 wins by submission. Well, Falcao has won 8 of 9. And also a 3-5 win streak. It's a busy crazy week. Because you also then have a Friday night. With LFA on UFC Fight Pass. That one is coming from Vail, Colorado. That's LFA 116. In the main event you have middleweights. Colorado's own Josh Fram who's seven and two taking on Hanato Valanete Valanete from Brazil eight and four Fram won five of his last six three of them by first round knockout Valanete has won three of four including a rear naked choke of Abraham Vasu at Bellator 226 the co-main event it's going to be bantamweight action Dan Argerita the tough 28 alum takes on Rodney Mahala. Argueta has four finishes, three of them by rear naked choke. Officially still 5-0 unbeaten, even though he wasn't in that tough finale. Rodney, on the other hand, two wins by knockout, and including some pro boxing experience. Michael Stack is on the car, taking on Jason Folio. Stack comes in. Off of knocking out Jordan Mappa at LFA 97. And in women's strawweight action, also on that main card, you have Pauline Macias versus Marnik Mana. Mana, 3-0, all three wins by knockout. Macias, 3-0 in the LFA. Don't forget high-caliber judo. Trained with Ronda Rousey, but also loves to throw her hands. ...told you that Bellator was getting back to world travel. London, then Glendale, then back out to Russia... ...finishing off with Ireland... ...before they were coming back to America... ...for Bellator 271... ...in Hollywood, Florida. So where are they on this leg of the journey? Well, it's fight week for Bellator 269... ...in Moscow, Russia. The main event, the legend Fedor Emelianenko... ...versus number two ranked Bellator... Heavyweight Timothy Johnson. Fedor, if you got to remember, 39-6. and six. Johnson, 15-7. and seven. Fedor actually very successful in this run with Bellator. He's won three of four. Knockouts of Frank Mir, Chow Sudden, and Quentin Rampage Jackson. Of his last nine fights, Fedor has ended seven of them in the first round, whether win or lose. On the other side... Timothy Johnson has won 3 of 4. And while Fedor has knocked out some legendary names, I take a little more value in the wins over Terrell Fortune and Chet Congo that Timothy Johnson has. Congo right there on the verge of the title and not through tournament. Through solid amount of consecutive victories. So I think Johnson, obviously the younger, with a wrestling background, hasn't suffered as many Wars and doesn't have as much mileage on his body. To me, comes in as a solid favorite, even though it is Fedor in Russia. Co-main event, quite possibly the best heavyweight on the roster. Vitaly Minakov, twenty-two and one versus Ayd Soma. Soma is seven and two. He's a short notice replacement. This was supposed to be Terrell Fortune versus Minakov. Minakov last fought in August of twenty nineteen. You may be asking yourself, what did he do back then? He knocked out Timothy Johnson. Soma comes in off of a knockout in July over Big Show vet Hane Marks. 160-pound catchweight bout. You have unbeaten Yusman Nurmagomedov. Yes, a Habib protege taking on Patrick Palit, who comes in from Finland. Nurmagomedov, we saw him last out with a TKO victory. Stopping double tough Manny Moreau with just a thunderous step in right knee to the liver. In middleweight action, also on that main card, you have Anatoly Tokov versus Sarif murdov Tokov, 22 of 23. He's won. He's on a five-fight win streak, including, with these crazy amount of finishes, 16 knockouts, and 7 submissions. Serif. Six fight win streak, and of his 18 victories, he has 8 by knockout and 5 by submission. So we're looking for some fireworks there in what I see is a bout that could lead to Garden Mousasi, Austin Vanderford. It has to be hoping that neither one of these guys has too phenomenal of a performance. His title fight could slip through his fingers. On the prelims, you do have a Focus on the women's flyweight division. And you know that is a division that Bellator has been trying to build. And I think we need some fresh blood. Unless we're just going to get the rematch with Velasquez versus McFarland. You have Darina Mazzucchi who's 4-1. And Irina Avesha 3-1 and both on the undercard. We also have Bantamweight action. Brian Moore versus Nikita Mikhailov. Both fighters come in on a three-fight win streak. And in welterweight action, you have Grachik Boz- bozinian taking on Alexei Sukunchev. And bozinian, a ten, 10 of his 11 wins are finishes, 6 knockouts, 4 submissions. Well, Sukunchev comes in on a five-fight win streak, 4 by knockout, eight in all of his 12 wins. And excuse me, on Byzinian, I got that backwards. It's 10 finishes, yes, but six submissions and four knockouts. Part of me want to get that correction out there. It's what we want to highlight there on the Bellator card and the UFC. One more time at the apex. Oh, and if I didn't mention this Bellator card, it's starting about 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and the UFC card on at the same time. Again, literally going head-to-head, but this weekend much earlier than last. Saturday on the UFC side, UFC Fight Night, Costa versus Vittori. That's 2 versus 5 in the middleweight division. Paulo Costa comes in, 13 wins, 11 by knockout. Marvin Vittori, 17 wins, 9 submissions, 2 knockouts. Costa, though, we haven't seen him since he got eaten up by leg kicks, was also possibly hung over in losing his title opportunity to Israel Adesanya. Since then, he's also pulled out of fights with Robert Whittaker and Jared Cannonier. He has 5 wins in the UFC. The Brazilian has picked up 4 of them by knockout. Well, Marvin Vittori... The Italian Dream has won five of his last six. Him also losing this though a second time. But yes, again to the champion Israel Adesanya. But when I look at Vittori, he has such a diversified set of victories that I almost want to favor him he's been the more active he's been the hotter fighter even though you've had the bigger moments the more media for Paulo Costa like I said he's been stagnant he's been injured and even had a hair transplant for some reason well Vittori has been in the octagon has been improving I think that Vittori may be the first guy that's really going to challenge the takedown defense of Paulo Costa well Romero has the credentials to we know he didn't do it But Vittori was even able to outwork a Jacker Manson. And he's seen an athletic, power-punching Brazilian before beating Cesar Fajeda. Fajeda having a lot of success in the PFL. And then we saw the wrestling even capitalize one more time when Vittori ran over Kevin Holland. I'm not saying that it's sold. But I'm feeling like I'm leaning in favor of Marvin Vittoria here in this main event. In the co-main event, you have a star waiting to burst, waiting to bloom, waiting to blossom. Whatever the analogy that you'd like to use is. But the main, the co-main event is in the lightweight division. Grant Dawson, 17-1, 11 wins by submission. Taking on Rick Glenn, 22 wins. 12 of them by knockout. Glenn has won four of six in the UFC. Well, Dawson is on an eight-fight win streak. Kevin Kroom told me Dawson is one of the most physically imposing and strongest guys he's ever trained with. That speaks volumes to me. We've seen the tenacity, the grappling, and the striking is improving. I think this is a big platform and an opportunity for Dawson to make a statement why he needs to be recognized for the rankings. Now, another intriguing one on the main card, this one at 145 pounds, we'll say Wu Choi, 10-3, versus Alex Caceres, who has 18 wins, is on a four-fight win streak. Choi is on a three-fight win streak, coming in off of a knockout of Julian Rosa the sixth of his career. Choi looks for the power punches, well, Caceres has found his cardio, has found his bob and weave, his hit and move style and is doing excellent at working his game. Something that's really come to their own through many trials tribulations and really a long tenure in the UFC. This is a huge one for the Korean to try to get by Caceres. The winner here is knocking on the door of the rankings. And to open up the main card, the UFC is going to do it with a fight that should deliver a knockout. Nick. Nick Mariano, The Moldovan. 10-1. Takes on the Mexican. Ike Villanueva. Negmarianu Comes in and likes to brawl. Will mix in the takedowns. Villanueva. Pure. Boxing. Likes to stick out that jab. And bring the right hand. I expect a knockout in that one. Feature fight on the prelims. Jung Young Park. 13 and 4, taking on Gregory Rodriguez, 10 and 3. Both fighters on three fight win streaks, they can both do it all. In women's strawweight action, Maria Oliveira is going to make her proportional debut, 12 and 4, 7 wins by knockout, taking on Tabitha Ricci, 5 and 1, 2 wins by submission, 1 by knockout and I mean incredible high-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Suffered a loss in her short notice. Debut up 10 pounds. Look for something special now that she'll be in the right weight class. In the lightweight division, I think this one has knockout written all over it. Jai Herbert, 10 wins, 8 by knockout. Kama Worthy, 16 wins, 9 by knockout. Somebody gets put to sleep. And my favorite fight of the prelims, Daniel Lacerda, the Brazilian, at 11-1, and one, making his octagon debut against Jeff Molina. 9-2, and 8-fight win streak. One on the Contender Series, one his UFC debut. Lareda, the 3-fight win streak he's on, include first-round finishes in all three. It's going to be a fun night of fights because, again... Most of this card is flying under the radar, even though we all know the names in the main event. And we also want to see how the trash talk between these two has led to what we will see in the octagon on Saturday night. And in the kickboxing world, Glory Kickboxing is presenting Collision 3 this weekend. The king of kickboxing, heavyweight champion. Rico Vernhoven will be facing number one contender Jamal Ben Sadiq. This is a trilogy fight. Plus, you'll see the return of legend Gokin Saki against UFC and kickboxing veteran James McSweeney. Not to mention, also in a heavyweight clash, Benjamin Adebui takes on Antonio Plazette. That one is a glory pay-per-view. Check out Fight TV for the details. I appreciate you watching. Again, cageminds.com and support what we do by going to nmproshop.com to pick up some apparel.